Lord, we want more. I find it interesting. He, he described it like a flood coming in to the church. That's what we want. That is why Living Waters prays. Amen? All right, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> I want to welcome all those that are watching online around the world right now. Welcome to Carroll, Michigan. Amen? Hallelujah. Man, what a... Whew. God is good. Amen? First Peter 1, 13 through 15, I want to start off with. Mm, feeling uncomfortable is good. I love it. I love it. That's the only way we're going to grow. Amen? I mean, probably, I'll just say this. If you don't want to grow, if you don't want more of God, this church is probably going to be pretty irritating to many. <laughs> Are you hearing me? And I take that as a badge of honor, honestly, be honest with you. All right, here we go. First Peter 1, 13 through 15. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. <clears throat> oh, okay, we'll stop there. And I'm, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost up here right now. The Bible, the Bible is filled with many accounts of godly men and women that, that they lived holy lives and they stayed faithful to God no matter what was going on in your, their life. You know, I, I talked about that earlier. Whatever it is that you're going through, that's why I said, I dare you to lift your hands. You going through a trial, lift your hands and praise God. You feel like you're in the prison cell of life, lift your hands and start praising God. Amen? Amen. One such person that I want to talk about today, really kind of zoom in on, is Daniel. Now, there are some great keys that we can glean from Daniel's life. So the title of today's message is this, Living Life Without Compromise. Living Life Without Compromise. So what does compromise mean? The word compromise is defined as this, accepting standards that are lower than desirable. Accepting standards that are lower than desirable. You see, many Christians have compromised their faith to something that is much lower than is desirable in the mind of God. Are you hearing me? Our standard, our standard is to be holy or to be set apart. You know, a lot of people, they, they look at the word holy and they think it's a bad word. They, they, when some people hear the word holy, they try to say, oh, that religious spirit, talking about holiness again. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it, God says, be holy for I am holy. I mean, this is a God thing. This isn't a dead religious thing. This is a God thing. But here's what it means. It means to be set apart from. And we are called to be set apart from the world. In other words, if you're set apart from something, you're going to see something that distinguishes you from everybody else. Do you stick out at the, your workplace as a Christian? It, could your coworkers, if you went to, to court, you know, um, if you went to court and you were being convicted of being a Christian, is there enough evidence to say, that person set apart from all of us over here. Oh, my. 
Now, so our standard is to be set apart. Our Heavenly Father is looking for those that are not willing to compromise, that are not willing to, to lower our standards. Uh, those are the ones that will be rewarded for their faithfulness to God. They will be rewarded with His power and with His anointing flowing through their lives. This is so important. You see, Daniel obtained a lot of favor... Daniel obtained a lot of power in his lifetime. He started out, listen to this, he started out with influence among the children of Israel first. And then he got favor with the wise men of Babylon. He was even given power over all of Babylon. I mean, say crazy favor. And he was a believer and a follower of the Lord. Amen. He received similar power over the Medo-Persian Empire, over a whole, whole empire. By the way, listen to this. i got to throw this in here. Our Heavenly Father is not opposed to His people, Christians getting involved in politics. Now listen to this. Daniel, here's proof. Daniel and other prophets were used in the Old and New Testament to give words to political leaders. They got involved in the political system. Are you hearing me? Prophets would rebuke political leaders for accepting evil, for walking and in, in, in promoting evil. They got involved with politics. How about Joseph? He was second in command, a political position. Second, number two, co-pilot of all of Egypt. Don't tell me that Christians need to stay out of the political system. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's how it is now because Christians have been silent for too long. That's why abortion has been around for so long. This is crazy. Where are the people of God? Where is the voice of righteousness in this country? This is shameful that we as the body of Christ have let this murder, the sacrifice to Satan go on for so long. Let's just tell it like it is. Amen? Amen. Joseph was second in command of Egypt. And he got there, mind you, because of God's favor. So God is very interested in politics. You want to know why? Because in politics deals with morality. Are you following me? Just go into our public schools. Go into our public schools and you'll see the stuff hit the fan there. Are you following me? That's what it looks like when they take the Word of God out of the schools. That's what it looks like. Someone was even telling me that there's some school systems that... There's a thing now called furries. Anybody know about this, furries? That kids who identify as animals, they identify and they put litter boxes in the restrooms and bathrooms. This is nuts, people. Have they gone insane? It's demonic. Christians, rise up. Rise up. You know what? We ought to be at every school board meeting raising hell. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. This, this is a church that is going to stand for righteousness. And the community is going to know about it. We're not going to shy away from this. This is absolutely demonic. So God is not against his people, Christians, getting involved with politics. You know what? You know your voter guide? You know what your voter guide is? Right here. This is it. This is your voter guide. Thou shall not kill. Are you following me? God created man and woman. 
Alright? He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Are you following me, somebody? Stand for righteousness. This is our voter's guide. We need to get in these schools. I'm telling you, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to say it again. We're going to hit this region so hard with evangelism, they're not going to know what hit them. So now, how was Daniel able to reach these positions of power and influence without compromising his position as a godly man? Right? A close look at the book of Daniel reveals his secret and shows how we too can be successful without compromising our standard of living. You you want to know about some of these points today? Here we go. Number one. First of all, we notice that even as a young teenager, that Daniel was a man of purpose. Say purpose. Go to Daniel 1.8 with me here. Daniel 1.8. Christians, get involved. We need some good godly Christians running for office. Amen? Get involved. Stir up the waters. Don't be afraid to stir up controversy. See, that's why this is a, it's the mess the way it is, because no Christian's willing to jump in the ring and stir up the waters of controversy. Stir it up. Stir it up. Pastor, listen, if you're standing for righteousness, Pastor James is going to back you up 100%. In fact, I would love to have, uh, we're in voting season now, so you know, I'd love on a Saturday night, Friday night or something, I'd love to have some meetings where we come in and let's talk about the candidates that we as Christians, Christians should be voting for and who we shouldn't. Let's have conversations about the political system. Daniel 1.8, amen? Here we go. But Daniel purposed in his heart. He was a man of purpose. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel purposed in his heart. Listen, a lack of purpose will cause people to wander aimlessly. There needs to be purpose. Amen? And as a young boy in a strange land, Daniel was immediately faced with the challenge to violate God's law. All right? But despite his youth, Despite uh, the obvious pressures, uh, you guys ever been under pressure before from the world? (laughs) Despite pressures to conform to the world, Daniel purposed in his heart to uphold the law of God no matter what. Before the pressure and temptation came, he, he had the word of God in his heart. And he said, you know what? If anybody comes to me, I'm going to, t- to break God's law. It's never going to happen. He purposed it in his heart. Say purpose. No matter the cost, he purposed. You know, even Daniel getting thrown into a lion's den didn't move him. Yeah, are you following me? How many would cave to that pressure? All right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I renounce it. I renounce, I'm not going to, just don't kill him. Just don't throw me in that lion's den. No, 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 no. Even a lion's den. His purpose, his heart was fixed. He was not willing to budge, no matter the cost. And God did a miracle, by the way, and shut the lion's mouths. He caused the lions to want to fast that day. Are you hearing me? He'll cause your enemies to want to fast. 
Glory to God. Nothing was going to move him from the will of God in his life. And my question is this to the body of Christ as a whole. Where are the Daniels that are willing to commit everything to God in his word? Who are, where are they? Where are they? Young people, I'm telling you right now, young people. Yes, you guys in the back. I'm telling you right now, it's possible to live a holy life on this earth. It's possible to reject the pleasures of the, of the world and the devil. It absolutely is. But you better purpose it in your heart. Because if you lack purpose, you, you don't stand for anything. You're going to fall for everything. Because of Daniel's willingness to put God first, God granted Daniel favor in the sight even of his enemies. See, when you honor God in your heart on a personal level, he will reward you openly. It, it, listen, your personal time, you know, like I say all the time, people can come and they can kind of be fake at church. They can be fake out, you know, and, and name the name of Jesus. But listen, what God's really looking at, what are they like when, they're, when no one's watching? What's going on in their heart personally? See, God's all about the heart. I love that. Now, I think many times we forget that the power of God is greater than the power and pressures of the devil, the pressures of the world. Many, many Christians think that they have to cheat and play this worldly game to get ahead. But that's simply not true. Daniel and Joseph, they're a prime example. You do not have to give in to that sin or temptation. God can promote you with favor that will blow your natural mind. Look at Daniel chapter 1 verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Now, talking about with other leaders. Whenever you put God first in your life, whenever you put Him at top priority of your life, it, it just, listen, it's automatic. Say automatic. Favor's going to follow you. You're putting the spiritual law of putting Him first. It's just going to happen. It's a law, just like there's a natural law. I jump off here, guess what? I'm falling to the ground. It's as sure as gravity. It's a natural law, gravity. Well, this is a spiritual law. You put God first, favor is going to follow you. Look at Proverbs 3. Let me prove it to you here. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. You getting anything out of this? Hallelujah. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 I want to take a look at. This is powerful. Listen, you do not have to play the world's game. You do not have to play in this worldly system. No, 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 no. See, that's a lie of the devil. That's a lie of the devil. Because you know what? Your sin will eventually catch up with you and it will find you out. It just will. Listen, it's, it's happened to me many times in my life. You think you're getting away with something and doggone it, something. It, it always, God's right. Your sin will find you out. It always does. It always does. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Listen to this. <laughs> Here's a spiritual law. Don't ever forget this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits of all your increase. Why, God? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. 
Honor the Lord with your possessions and first fruits of all your increase. Here's what God's trying to say. You ready? When God is last on your priority list, you're going to be last on his priority list. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And it has nothing. Here's the deal. Ready for this? This is where people get this all messed up. So when they don't put God first and then all the junk kind of hits the fan in their life, here's what, you know, a lot of people think, oh, God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. You ready for this? It has nothing to do with God loving you or not. What's my proof of that? God loves every person who's in the center of the earth in hell right now. Are you following me? God loves every person that went to hell. For eternity. But here's what they didn't do. They didn't tap into the spiritual law of salvation. Oh my. It has nothing to do with God. God's going to love you. No matter what you do, God's going to love you. You understand that, right? But they didn't tap into the spiritual law of getting saved by making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. See, here's what the Holy Spirit was showing me. Now, don't miss this. This is huge in this message. You've got to keep this in your heart the rest of your life. Ready? It's all about activating the spiritual laws in such a way that the kingdom of God is on your side and not against you. Oh, did you hear that? My, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if you heard that. Let me, let me say that again. It's all about this life is about you activating spiritual laws in such a way, acting on the Word, speaking the Word, acting, um, activating spiritual laws in such a way that the kingdom of God is working on your side and not against you. See, how about the Scripture that talks about pride comes before a fall? There's another spiritual law. Anytime, I'm telling you, just as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, the moment someone falls into pride, get ready, it's just a matter of time. They're going to take that fall. Why? Because it's a spiritual law that God has warned us about. And you activated, come on, the wrong spiritual law in your life. My goodness. The level that you will be blessed in life is in direct proportion to how much you bless and honor God with your life right now. Do you understand that? Where you're at right now is what you did in the past. We are always, we're constantly sowing seeds. You understand that? That's what activating spiritual laws. That's the words that come out of our mouth. Are you speaking word curses? Are you, what's going on? Are you speaking bad about yourself? Where you are right now, is you're planting seeds every day. Right now, you're just enjoying the harvest of what you did recently in the past. Are you following me? And by the way, when I'm talking about blessing, I'm not, just, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about blessings in every area of your life. Amen. Now, you will find me. I mean, I, I will talk about you know, what the Bible says about money and all these things, and I'm going to talk about it here in a moment. But listen... Uh, I'm not one of those preachers that will camp out on money all day long. Are you following me? But there are principles in the Word of God that we, uh, we need to know how to activate those spiritual laws, right? So Daniel was a man of integrity and character. Now, Joseph was another one that honored and obeyed God even in the darkest times of his life. And favor and blessing followed him. I mean, he was, he was talked about. He was falsely accused. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine being falsely accused and getting thrown in prison for years? But he remained faithful to God. That's what I'm saying. There's no such thing as a hopeless situation in life. You need to stay close to God. Say, I need to stay close to God. I'm convinced that most Christians, here it is, short-circuit their blessings, favor, and promotions in the waiting times of those dark times of their life. They short-circuit it. God, where are you? And they, get, they let that discouragement come in, and they're right there. Man, they're right there close to their breakthrough. But they throw in the towel and walk away. And then they blame God. And God's saying, well, I was telling you to be faithful. Just stay faithful like Joseph was in that prison. Just stay faithful like Paul and Silas were in that prison. And they started praising me. You know what you need to do? Start activating the right spiritual laws in your life. Praise and worship is another one. Praise and worship is powerful. Praise and worship will release the presence of God. Praise and worship releases the angelic into your life to help you. Are you following me? There is nothing boring about the Christian life. There's nothing hopeless about the Christian life. Man, we serve a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. Start lifting your head up and start speaking it and believing it. Amen? When everything looks like it's falling apart... When there doesn't seem to be any progress in the natural. Many, they just throw in the towel. They throw their hope. You know, and the Bible says this. It says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know what that tells us? It means there's hope for every situation. But you, by your own free will, you can take that hope and you can defer it. And it makes your emotions sick. That's when that depression comes in. That's when those suicidal thoughts come in. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to anybody today? Amen. Hope deferred. In other words, there's hope for every situation. So, you know, instead of throwing and deferring and saying, no thanks, I don't want that hope, take it. So if deferring hope makes your heart sick, grabbing hope can be healing to you body, soul, and spirit. Don't let the enemy deceive you out of your blessing. You have to maintain a spiritual perspective. You have to keep your eyes on the word of the living God. Every Christian needs to be a person of purpose. Say purpose. To be able to live without compromise, you must settle it in your heart that come hell or high water, you will not give in to the enemy. You won't give in to the world. You won't give in to sin. You're not going to short-circuit the power of God in your life. And Daniel was totally committed to living a holy life that was set apart for God. So we need to live a life of purpose. The Christian life, listen to this, the Christian life is a strategic life. It's not just getting up in the morning, putting on a blindfold, and, and trying to throw a dart and hoping you're going to get, you know, get the bullseye. No, no, no. You can hit the bullseye every day. By putting these spiritual laws into motion in your life. My, I like that. Think about that. The, the Christian life is a strategic life. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Know them. Get to know yourself. You know something? The enemy knows you better than you know you. Because he's always, he's watching. The enemy's watching all the time. He knows what your weaknesses are. And that's where he's going to try to get you to stumble. 
He's not going to just throw, try to throw some random temptation. Why would he do that? He's going to be strategic. And guess what? We need to be strategic if we're going to overcome. Amen? That's the importance of embracing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Man, the Holy Spirit is what gives us that advantage. Are you hearing me? So the outcome of your life, here's one for you. I'm going to drop a bomb on you right now. The outcome of your life is in your hands, not God's hands. Because God has given you and I a free will, and we must use it wisely. Amen? Be bold like Daniel. Be bold. Daniel was bold for righteousness, right? You know, no. let's, let's say this. No one respects a wishy-washy person. Are you following me? No one respects a wishy-washy person, someone with no direction in their life. Jesus said this. He said, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Are you following me? Christians, we need to get a backbone. We need to get a backbone. Amen? A strong sense of purpose. Listen to this. A strong sense of purpose often breeds respect and admiration in others. Now, here's the deal. They might not like you. you, you just, you're going to have to come to a place in your life. Listen, let me, let me set you free. Not everyone's going to like you. But they will respect you. <laughs> At places where I've worked in the secular, you know, when, when I'd stand for righteousness and what's right, you know, they didn't like it. But man, they respected my boldness on it. Are you following me? You've got to come to the place where you don't care. You don't care if people like you or not for following the Word of God. You stand for the Word of God. Amen? We need to boldly stand for that righteousness. And um, so what should be the purpose of the Christian? Jesus made it clear in Matthew 6.33. Man, this is such a powerful, powerful passage. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all these things will be added to you. See, no matter the circumstances in your life, we are commanded and expected to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, God's not saying, God's not looking down and saying, wow, okay, James, I get it. Yeah, yeah, you had a pretty rough life there. I'll I'll let that bend, right? No, 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 no. It says, seek first. The kingdom of God. Jesus promised that every provision would be provided for us when we put God first in his life. Now, here we go. Now, let me, let me just touch on something here. So God wanted to get that point across in such a major way in Malachi 3, 8 through 10. Malachi 3, 8 through 10 talks about tithing. Say tithing. Oh, I know. That's a taboo word in the body. Don't even try to talk about people's money, right? Oh, man. Oh, right? So here's the deal. Tithing, people say, well, tithing was the law, blah, blah, blah. No, no, actually, Abraham tithed. You know, it it was before the law even came out. So, yes, tithing is still a thing. It is, okay? So, but listen to this. When God tells us to tithe, what's the tithe? It's a 10%, right, of your increase. And then he goes on to say this, try me now in this. God literally says, try me now or test me now at this. And, and the Holy Spirit, when I, was, when I was reading this, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. You ready for this? He said this. 
He said, I had to put the try me now in this because it's such a struggle in my people's natural mind. There's such a dam in the way for them to get over it because it has to do with money. Money is a revealer of the heart. Are you following me? Oh, well, they just got a lot of money. When he got a lot of money, he went wild. He went crazy. The money made him do it. No, 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 no. Money just revealed what was in the heart. Are you following me, somebody? So God said, I had to put it in there. I had to put it in there to ensure them that it is a spiritual law and my blessing will come when they do it. Are you ready for this now? Okay, this really blew my mind when the Holy Spirit told me this. We know, you know, faith is very important, right? Faith is very important. But God said this. God said, I I put in the try me now at this. And he said this. He said, when my people who haven't been tithing, when they start to do it, even if it's not in faith, I'm going to bless them. Try me now at this. God's saying, go ahead, try it out. Well, there's no faith in that. Are you following me? Oh, my. Oh, it's getting quiet in this white little church here. I uh, don't. I know, I'm going to proceed cautiously on this. Not. Are you following me? Oh my goodness. Listen, is someone following what I'm saying here? Try me now. Even when someone tries to, when I first got born again, you know, who wants to give 10% of their income? That's huge. Are you kidding me? I got bills to pay. I got blah, blah, right? But when I did it, I didn't do it in faith. I just started doing it, and all of a sudden, all this favor starts hitting my life right the moment we started doing it. I, I, because it's a spiritual law. Say spiritual law. And it's, such, it's so important that God says, I will even bless you when you start doing it, not even in faith. And that's one of the few places where faith is kind of put up, down on the side a little bit. Are you following me? That's huge. Try me now at this. That's our creator telling us this. Wow. So when you are truly acting on Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, honoring the Lord with your increase, you will give tithes and offerings to the Lord's work. You will honor the Lord. Here's what it's all about, right? You will honor the Lord with your possessions and first fruits, everything. And you know, here's what it comes down to, guys. Are you ready for this? If you truly have a heart for the kingdom of God, your giving is going to be well up beyond 10%. 10% is a minimum. Are you following me? And here's the thing. Here's the three areas of giving that the word of God talks about. Not James. Listen, I'll tell you right now, I don't even see the money. I don't see what any of you give to this church. You do understand that, I hope. I don't care what you give. That's between you and God. But I'm going to teach his principles. There's three areas of giving. You ready for this? Tithes, which is 10%. And then there's offerings. That's up and beyond your tithe. And then there's alms, giving to the poor. Those are the three areas. So you know what? Just check yourself. Where am I in each of those areas? You can do what you want. I don't care, right? Because you are the captain of your own life. Again, let me just make that disclaimer again. I know nothing about what anybody gives to this church, and I don't care. Because whether anybody gives anything or not, I'm going to preach the word regardless. I'm going to be ministering and advancing the kingdom of God. Amen? 
That's a personal thing between you and God. So I'd never get in the way of that. Amen? But I wouldn't be doing my job as a pastor if I never taught the principles of what the Word says about it. Amen? All right. So it's simple. Dare to be a Daniel and put God first in your life. Quit being moved by the world and start being moved by the Word of God. Moved by the Holy Spirit. You see, Daniel refused to compromise his convictions. If you, if, like I said, if you don't stand for anything, you're going to fall for everything. So we need to stand for the Word of God. We need to allow the boldness of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Here, the Holy Spirit showed me this. He said, many of my people are holding me hostage on the inside of them. They're holding me hostage. They're not letting me. They're not letting my spirit flow through them. Don't hold the Holy Spirit hostage. On the inside of you. Amen? People admire, listen, a person of principle. What does that mean? The word principle is defined as fundamental truth or a proposition that serves as the foundation or system of belief for a behavior or a chain of reasoning. In other words, you're standing, everything you do, there's something behind, there's a train of thought. There's a chain of thought for everything that you're doing, that you're a person of principle. Guess what our principle is? The Word of God. Everything we do should stem from the Word of God. Amen? Again, outwardly, some may ridicule you, but inwardly, they wish they had the same courage. Amen? And by the way, courage is contagious. Boldness is contagious. Hey, in fact, if you could see the looks on all the faces when I got up here and started speaking boldly about politics, y'all were getting excited. Y'all, right? Because someone, you're, a leader's up here talking and finally saying we're going to stand for righteousness. And it, and it builds a courage within you. It's, yeah, let's do something about it. Amen? God admires individuals who stand for, by, by their principles, by the Word of God. Go to Psalm 15. Let me show you something here. Psalm 15. Hallelujah. It is. It's contagious. All right. Psalm 15, 1 through 5. I'm almost done here. It says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness. And see, here's the deal. Jesus made us righteousness, righteous through faith in him. You understand that, right? Before you even did one good work, you were made righteous by Christ. Now we're supposed to work that righteousness. We're supposed to let it flow from us with our works. You understand that, right? And works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear or reverence the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. Joe Biden. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. He who does who he who does these things shall never be moved. I find it interesting there's three parts of Psalm 15. It talks about walking, working and speaking. 
Walking, working, and speaking. Our actions and our words are what impacts every part of our life. I dare you to try to find something else to add to that three. Those three things will impact every part of your life. See, as I finish here, Daniel was a man of purity. His enemies could not find any fault in him. Quickly go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. One through four, I want to take a look at. Daniel 6, one through four. They couldn't find any fault in this guy. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. This is awesome. Daniel, I love it. He had an excellent spirit, which means this, that he was diligent to maintain his spiritual purity before God. He was faithful not only to God, but in his duties. Say duties. Employees, come on, we got to do what we got to do. Remember, you're not there working for that boss. You're working for God, right? He had an excellent spirit. People who maintain purity in their dealings with others are often given positions of great responsibility, great privilege, because they can be trusted, because they are wise. I love that. Amen. God, listen, here's where you got to come to the place of this. God will promote you when he knows that you are sold out to fulfill his will. Daniel was a man of purpose, principle, and purity. And the last thing, but the element, come on, the element that tied all these together in such a way for him to really walk in the blessings and favor of God is that Daniel was a man of prayer. Look at verse 10 of of, uh, 6. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. This is beautiful. I mean, even from a young child, he did this. This was his custom. I mean, how many times have we gone through a day without saying one prayer? How many times have we gone through our day? We didn't even give God one thought. But Daniel, no, he was different. He knelt in prayer. And in kneeling in prayer is a demonstration of your humility. Humility is simply this. It's a reliance on God and not yourself. It's a reliance on God and not this world system. It's a reliance on God and not the natural realm. Are you following me? Daniel prayed three times a day. That's just a demonstration of his continual dependence on God. He didn't forget about God throughout the day. He included him in his daily routine. 
This is the key, man. So he gave thanks in the midst of persecution. It, it was a demonstration of his gratitude and the fact that he has not lost sight of his God. My, his prayers were a custom since early days. I love it. Daniel's custom to pray, uh, it just became ingrained in him. Amen? He was a man of purpose, principle, purity, despite the rise to power in the natural realm, in, the, in a worldly sense, really. You following me? Again, don't ever believe, let me say it one more time, don't ever believe you have to play the game of the world system to get ahead. You honor God. You let Him promote you. you. If you're standing up for righteousness and you lose a job, so be it. God, open another door for me. Are you following me? Don't ever stay in a place that will cause you to compromise your faith and your walk with God. There are many Christians that have demonstrated you know, that, that they, want, they dare to be a Daniel and they succeed every day in secular business. You know, one person that I think about is the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. He didn't. He's not bowing. He's not bowing to the left. He's not bowing to that woke junk. He's staying faithful to God, and God's providing for him. And you know what? Here's another thing. He goes to bed and he sleeps very well. I'm sure, because his conscience is right with God and My Pillow. <laughs> There's a plug, Mike Lindell. If you're watching, yeah, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> so I dare you to be a Daniel in purpose, principle, purity, and prayer. Church, let's give God first place and let's live a life without compromise. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. We are not going to compromise. We will not be moved. Father God, we praise you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this place that you would give them strength, Lord God, to stand for righteousness. That, Lord, there would be a boldness on them to speak truth when it's not popular. And, Lord, if anybody loses a job, loses out on anything for standing for you, Lord, we just declare that better things are coming. In the name of Jesus. And, Lord God, even those times, Lord God, where people made a mistake, Lord God, and, and they know it now, they've repented. Lord, open doors for them right now. If there's anybody in this place you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, meet me in this corner. I want to pray with you to make Jesus Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this place without doing that. Number two, you, you made Jesus Lord of your life long ago. But man, you've, you've walked away. You don't know if you'd go to heaven if you died right at this very second. Meet me in this corner. Rededicate your life today to the Lord. Don't leave this place. Leave, here's the deal. Leave this place with a pure conscience. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said you shall receive power. Say power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses for him. Who wants to be a witness for Jesus? You, and to be a powerful witness to to represent the kingdom of God in such a way with power. If you've never uh, received the Holy Spirit baptism, meet me in that corner. Let's say a prayer. Let's get it done today in Jesus' name. Now, if there's someone in here, you need a physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing. You need prayer for anything. You got, um, you got prayer requests, whatever it is, anything. I will stay here and pray with you through anything you have today, whatever else it is. All right, guys, what a great service today. Amen.
Now, um, before you leave, take a look at the back table. Those are the 12 ministry teams. I'm telling you, we're raising up an army here at Living Waters Chapel. I don't care if you've been here one day, if you've been here for 40 years. Get involved. This is a new season of ministry right now. Amen? Stop by the table. Check out what area you might want to get involved with. And we will get her done. Amen? Tuesday night prayer call. Wednesday night prayer here. Have a great week. We love you. You know how to find me. Be blessed.